Life is messy, our minds are messy, success is blinking messy. Join me, Charlotte Hopkins, on the Gloriously Messy Me podcast, where I'm opening up hearts, minds and souls to navigate life's unique messiness. Exploring identity, culture, belonging and success, I, along with some phenomenal special guests, will be sharing my own experiences, as well as impactful theories and top tips on how I help people unleash their incredible potential to take courageous action and build a life that they love. Okay, let's get on to today's episode. Hello, 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 hello. So welcome back to the Gloriously Messy Me podcast with me, Charlotte Hopkins. I cannot tell you how excited I am to be talking about this topic today. Um, the messiness of radical acceptance is huge. And at the ripe old age of 43, I am definitely still trying to work it out. So let's start from the beginning what is radical acceptance and essentially radical acceptance is the ability to accept situations that are outside of our control sounds simple here's the tricky bit the tricky bit is that we need to try and do that without judgment and as human beings we judge everything everyone everything every situation every scenario every every event we just that's just part of our human nature so to try and accept something without judgment that might be having an impact on us is really really challenging um but fundamentally what we need to look at doing is how we can accept the situations that are outside of our control that we have no real bearing on or we can't change particularly what we can change is the way that we react the way that we see that incident or that event so I want to just start by sharing a bit of a personal story and this is just a really straightforward example I was driving into work a couple of days ago and I literally live about it's not even a 10 minute drive. It's a 10 minute drive because there's quite a couple of schools that, that happen to be on my way into the home to the office. And when I was driving, so a lot of the roads in Cardiff have been taken down to a 20 mile an hour zone. And they've done that because it's a pedestrian public area. So we need to protect those in the communities. But, oh my goodness me, so whilst we were traveling at 20 miles an hour, there was a car in front of me that was beeping his horn. And the only thing I can think of is the fact that we were traveling at around about 50 miles an hour. So as we were traveling through and down this road, the car in front of this person was traveling at probably between 13 to 15 miles per hour. So not only were we used to driving at 30 miles an hour, we're now traveling at half of that and I could see this person becoming more and more and more irate. And the only person it was impacting was him because the person in front who was happily traveling at 50 miles per hour really didn't care because they were traveling at 15, 16 miles per hour. So they were traveling safely and they were making that choice. So one of the things that I find really amusing with how we try and challenge radical acceptance is that when we're in the moment, we react with our emotions. And I've worked with clients from all kinds of different backgrounds, experiences, impacts, that kind of thing. So I've worked with people who have overcome huge or are overcoming huge trauma and adversity. People who've gone through things that 
you know, people just don't often believe happens. So talking about childhood trauma, we're talking about really high stressful jobs. We're talking about really challenging decision-making processes that they have to make. And when we start to unpick what that looks like, life can feel really shitty. And lots of people I've worked with will say statements like, this is not fair, it's not the way it should be. There's this kind of nagging that there's like this doubt that change is going to happen. And what happens is when we feel like there's no hope, often we start to see behaviors and coping mechanisms come into place that maybe might not be as helpful or healthy as we want them to be. So for example, we see this blame. So that could be this self-blame. It's always me. I always do things wrong. I never get things right. We might see blame on others. So this anger that they've done this to me, or this anger and this resentment that you've been caught up in this situation. And what that often means is we may find really unhelpful or unhealthy coping strategies. So for many of the people I've worked with, that's included um, using substances to dampen those emotions. It might have meant work. So working to stop the brain slowing down and feeling all those feels. It may be learning to completely and utterly suppress. So I've worked with people who, um, you know, come from multi-million pound businesses right the way through to people who are street homeless. And one of the common things I see with lots of people who are not seeing their success, who are not seeing um, how successful they've been or the fact that they are just standing and surviving for some people. One of those common things is this lack of acceptance that shit happens. Now, I just want to put a bit of a caveat in here. I'm not saying, I'm a firm believer. When I was younger, I used to say things like, oh, everything happens for a reason. And then I then I kind of started to see that life wasn't fair and that shitty things happen to good people and really horrific things happen to people who do not deserve it and it was not their fault. And that can be really, really hard to accept. So I'm not here to say, oh, you just need to get over that trauma or you need to think differently. That's not what I'm thinking and what I'm saying at all. Radical acceptance is not about that. But actually, when we look at the impact and the emotional attachment that we put on these events and how that can keep us stuck and stop us from thriving and flourishing, that's what I want people to really consider. So before I go any further and talk a little bit more about the science behind it, I want to just put a little bit of a disclaimer that this episode may just cause some kind of uncomfortable emotions. What I want you to do first and foremost is really protect yourself. So if you think that you're not ready to listen or to really um, dig deeper into what we're going to talk about, then please feel free to, to not listen anymore or make sure that you've got somebody there who is going to provide some support for you, whether that's somebody personal, a partner, or whether that's a professional as well. It doesn't really matter. Just make sure you've got somebody there that you know you can reach out to if you need to. So where does radical acceptance come from? Well, fundamentally, it comes from Buddhism, but it's been adopted by DBT, which is dialectic behavioral therapy, which is kind of um, something that's used quite a lot within mental, mental health support. It's evidenced through the work of helping people to, to really 
understand and move forward in their lives as best as possible and there's nothing in the gloriously messy me podcast that I won't be that I'll be sharing with you that I haven't done either on myself or with people that I've worked with and radical acceptance is something I've done with everybody from the people that I work with who've been street homeless and using crack and cocaine or heroin right the way through to those who've got multi-million pound businesses and just feel like they're stuck and can't quite reach those levels of success that they want. So when I look at what radical acceptance can do and how it can impact and change lives, I can honestly sit and say that it's impacted my life personally, my children's lives, my husband's life. He's constantly talking about acceptance, but also about Um, those people that I've worked with as well and it's evidence-based and as I said it's not saying that we have to change our emotions and it's not saying that we have to um, you know disregard the trauma or the impact or the events that have happened to us what radical acceptance is really looking at is how can we separate that to help us move forward to help us stop creating consistent distress to ourselves so this isn't about forgiveness of necessarily other people that's a whole different podcast but this is just about finding a space and a level playing field in our own um, kind of body in our own heart soul and mind that allows us to say okay that's happened I can't change that we can't go back and change what happened to us in our childhood we can't go back and change what happened to us in a stressful job we can't go back and change an instant or event where you know the driver was driving 50 miles per hour in a in a 20 miles an hour zone we can't change those things what's happened has happened what's going to happen is going to happen life isn't risk free so we have to somehow find this switch in our mindset that says shit happens it's how I deal with it that I can do to protect myself and that's what I want to just kind of touch on so we're not saying we have to forgive people we're not saying we have to forget what we're looking for is that emotional attachment to an event that is not now serving us well Now, I've talked about personal capital before. You will hear me talk about it again multiple times. And personal capital is essentially the characteristics, the strengths, the attributes, the philosophies, the physical, practical things that we have around us that we we gather and collect during adversity and challenging times. So when we talk about unhelpful or unhealthy coping strategies, they may have been absolutely what was needed. When I became a single mum, I needed my best friend to just take me out, take me to go dancing, have a couple of gin and tonics and snog some boys. (laughs) That's what I needed. Now, my husband would probably be glad to know that that's not what I do now. If I'm stressed and overwhelmed, I will have different coping mechanisms. So that's the point I'm trying to make. We are fluid and we are flexible. And when we have challenging times, we have to adapt and use coping strategies that work for us. But they don't always continue to work. And when we can remove that emotional attachment, we're really able to help ourselves in a much more healthy way okay so how do we do it then there's three steps I want you to think about 
So if you find yourself stuck, whether that's you're struggling to, you know, make a career change and go for interviews, whether it's you're frustrated at the success you're seeing around you from maybe other business owners who are making more money yet know that they have far less skills than you, or maybe it's a bitterness that you have towards somebody who is constantly driving up the career ladder and taking all your ideas, whatever it is that you're struggling with. I want you to really notice that emotional attachment and why and how that's keeping you stuck. So if you're constantly saying, life's not fair, this is ridiculous, they shouldn't be doing that, I don't believe in this. I'm not going to do this. And you can feel those emotions really heavy on your soul. Then I want you to just at this point, reflect back and go, oh, yeah, I can feel that. And this is not how I want to feel. So we're looking at those connections between the event, the emotion that we're holding with that event and how that may be stopping us from moving forward. What I then want you to think about is, any of those unhelpful thoughts. So my suggestion is just to think of one thing at this point. So one thing that might be keeping you stuck. So let's take my fellow rage, um, road rage person this, the other day. What they would be looking at is, okay, so I was really angry at how slow this driver was traveling. So the emotion is anger and frustration. And at that point, they probably have no idea what led to those thoughts. What that person would then do is reflect back and go, okay, well, why was I that angry? Because logically, there's probably no logical reason to be angry at the fact that somebody's driving a little bit slower. The rationale behind being angry and beeping at somebody has no purpose whatsoever. If that person had been able to accept that this person in front just chooses to drive slower, they would have just gone, okay, well, I'm going to be maybe two minutes later to my journey than I want to be. Two minutes in the grand scheme of things is not a big deal. So first off, notice those emotional attachments. Second, try and identify what those unhelpful thoughts that are linking to them. And then three, what you're then looking to do is accept that reality for what it is and not allowing these emotions and these thoughts to become so intrusive that you're caught up in that situation or event. And having worked with people who have had, you know, lots going on in their lives and the fact that that's kept them stuck for 20, 30 plus years, then there's definitely something that we need to be doing that that can, can help that change. And like I say, it's not about forgiveness. It's just about understanding that that happened in the past, but I can no longer allow that to impact my present and my future. So first off, notice that emotional attachment that's keeping you stuck. Secondly, what are those thoughts that aren't really particularly helpful that is fueling the fire, fueling that, that fury or fueling those unhelpful emotions? And three, really think about the steps you could take to allow that to not impact you in such a strong way, because fundamentally, we want to be able to move forward. So I just want to finish off by saying, keep yourself safe. And if you've been triggered by something that has, you know, really caught the emotion and you're struggling with it, please make sure you reach out to somebody you trust 
And um, that could be a family friend, it could be a, a family member, it could be a friend, it could actually just be a professional. But keep yourself safe and um, I will look forward to hearing from you soon.